Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Tuesday. First with yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZB were looking back at Monday. Uh, the keys were handed over to the first Kiwi Build house over the weekend, and it raised a few eyebrows because it did not be uh, appear to be to somebody in the target market. We'll discuss this briefly shortly. Unfortunately, we'll also be discussing uh, the visiting royals uh, because I have less uh, control over this podcast than some of my other work. Uh, but first up, uh, the Czech drug smuggler who we've said, that's okay, come and stay in New Zealand. What's going on here? Okay, now look, this Czech, Carol Shrubrick, who's obviously a bad egg. Uh, Terribly. Uh, came over here on a false passport, stolen from his mate, reckons that he was uh, being chased in for his life by corrupt people back in Czechoslovakia, corrupt cops. Probably joins up with the Hells Angels, starts importing <laughs> drugs left, right, yeah. and centre, goes to prison. Let's just get rid of him. Well, the thing is, you've got to uh, think about it, that uh, in 2016, what, two years ago, he got five years and nine months for being uh, convicted of importing five kilograms mm. of MDMA, which is the ingredient, as I understand it, used in, used in methamphetamine. They had a street value of $375,000. And uh, like you said, the conviction came after a judge discharged him without convic- uh, conviction four years earlier uh, for arriving here with a false passport and lying to immigration officials. And for some unknown reason, and we're not going to know the reason, apparently, the immigration minister, Ian Lees Galloway, uh, says, uh, no, he's used absolute discretion uh, to cancel depo- deportation liability and grant residence to this man. Uh, and the National Party, I think, rightly is saying, although they've been guilty of this in the past themselves, yeah. but um, um, their spokesman is saying, uh, Michael Woodhouse, that is a former immigration minister, he's saying it's simply not good enough. Am I the only one who finds it amusing that this guy's name is Carol? Probably. Um, let, let's hear from the aforementioned Michael Woodhouse, shall we? What do you make of the letter? Well, it's a standard form letter that would go out with anybody who's had deportation liability suspended or cancelled. There's no new information in it, except we now know that he did initially gain residence under a false identity. That was inferred over the last 24 hours. But uh, the minister needs to explain not what those conditions are, which are a a pretty basic sort of don't commit any more crimes condition, and say actually why he deserves to stay here in the first place. I can't think of a possible reason why he should be allowed. You think he should be out, Ski? Absolutely. And he would have had I been minister. Uh, There are occasions when offending might result in a liability being suspended. But I had a bottom line over things like drug importation and supply, family violence, sexual offending. Those guys were gone. And he's one of them. He should have been gone. Right. We had this judge. This was in 2012, Judge Wade, who discharged him without conviction because he thought he might be at risk if he went back to the Czech Republic. Uh, Immigration New Zealand uh, confirmed that they were reviewing the liability of deporting him in 2012. Who was the minister then? Uh, would have either been um, Jonathan Coleman if it was in 11, Nathan Guy probably, but it's not clear whether or not the uh, the file ended up on a minister's desk. It's certainly not one that I can recall. The minister would be informed about this, surely, just on his background alone. Yeah, well, probably, but the question of whether there was a, um, a, a liability for deportation at that time, I haven't got the information to say. But But even if there was, and on a 
finely balanced call, a previous minister might have suspended liability. He's effectively blotted his copybook by being sentenced to nearly six years in jail for drug offending. He had, a, if he if he had a chance, and I'm not saying he did, if he did. He's blown it. He should be gone. And the minister hasn't yet explained why he thinks this guy should stay. So we're all a bit confused uh, why we would give this... Go- it's, a, it's a... I think it's obvious. It's a witness protection thing, isn't it? He's testified against someone and now he's... They're not doing a very good job if that is what it is. But that's what it feels like to me. Or have I just seen too many gangster movies? I don't know. Uh, now, the uh, the uh, first Kiwi build house uh, went to people who looked like they could have afforded quite a nice house anyway. Well, what's the story here? We could not believe our eyes when the couple on TV were given the keys to their new government-helped uh, $649,000 home as this couple, A, weren't married, B, weren't 20, and had money from their parents to get into this house. What a rot. What a publicity stunt. We were expecting a struggling married couple with a couple of kids, for goodness sake. In our day, <laughs> this, this is the teller, in our day, no one got their house before they were 20. So this too. Uh, and it was the second one that popped into my screen as I was looking at it that made me um, make mention of it now rather than later. I, uh, I know nothing, as the saying goes. I... I can uh, look. Is it is it helping the bottom end? The answer is no. As somebody said to me a little while ago, it's helping the middle end. I I tried to help them out by telling them that you could not. It was a physical impossibility to have a middle end, but they were insistent. Probably the um, probably the truth is that I don't know. How did they get it? It really is it a bad look. Does it make a is it hypocrisy? Does it make a mockery of the whole the whole housing scenario? A four bedroom house for, for a couple who aren't married, don't have any kids, and aren't even twenty, and had help from the parents. It's good to have your own space, though, isn't it? I think uh, it's like, even if you're just a couple, it's good to be able to get away from each other. Sometimes, absence makes the heart grow fonder, and all that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we've got to finish up here to discussing the Royals. But at least I've managed, I think, to create a little bit of a for and against situation. Let's see which side of the fence Kate Hawkesby uh, sits on. From the fuss and frisson over Wills and Kate to the delighted fans pouring out to see Harry and Meghan, it's a world away from the stiff upper lip of stuffy Prince Charles and seemingly disinterested Camilla. I say disinterested because I still remember that image of her earlier this year. Remember that at the Commonwealth Games opening ceremony, pouring over her show program, looking decidedly bored. But then you could argue they just can't catch a break, whereas the young royals seemingly can't put a foot wrong. The new Duchess has the perfect background for public life. A career in acting has taught her how to work a script, a tight schedule, to look the part at all times and to be a faultless clothes horse. The baggage of her deranged step family who keep lobbing grenades from the sidelines via the tabloids haven't landed a single blow to her popularity, it would seem. I'm no big fan, to be honest, of Meghan Markle, but even I think the half-sister and the dad are way off base and have been nothing but awful, but she's handled it all the best way possible. Radio silence, the classic PR gold standard advice of not engaging the enemy. They seem, Harry and Meghan, a genuinely happy couple. He seems infatuated with her and will no doubt be impressed at how she's conducted herself on this tour, which is an exhausting schedule, even if you're not pregnant. 
She's managed to nail her speaking engagements, starting last night's speech at Government House on Women's Suffrage and Feminism in Tereo to thunderous applause. So as they hit our shores to win over more hearts and are already putting New Zealand fashion on the world stage, be prepared for the saturation coverage, because no matter what your views, the new royals are coming in hot. Don't care, don't care, don't care, don't care, don't care, don't care. Does Marcus. I know people are really passionate about the royals. And I have become, I guess I've lost the fight with the royals. I quite like Meghan Markle and I quite like, I quite like there's a fact that there's, they look slightly, they're slightly more relevant this time around. But, you know, a couple of things. Gosh, didn't Australia look fantastic compared to the weather that's happening here? And I still find the whole tours and the whole coverage depressingly familiar and ordinary. They release a Kiwi. They go see some children. The reporter interviews like a six-year-old. And what what six-year-old's ever got anything interesting to say? I don't think any children should ever be interviewed on the TV because they don't provide anything of any interest. I mean, when did the news become talking to children? And yeah, I mean, I don't begrudge the royals and the boring jobs they've got, but for God's sake, why don't they do something more interesting? And I don't know whose fault that is. I don't know who comes up with what they're supposed to do on the tours. But it just seems to me, and I don't want to be too cheer Jeremy or rain, rain anymore on their parade, but I just wonder why they couldn't do something a bit more exciting or whether the coverage could be a bit more exciting because they walk around and meet the people and then the reporters go and talk to the people and the people universally have nothing interesting to say. Their job is boring. It's not a job. Walking around meeting people is not a job. And yet we pay, we do pay them to do it. How do I get that job? I suppose I'm just sitting here talking to people, meeting people. Shut up. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB for Tuesday. I'll see you back here again tomorrow when I'll be doing more sitting here and talking to people.